Hey everyone, welcome back to the Heroic Council. My name is Parshel and I'm here with the lovely Sarah O'Hannison. And today we are diving into ways to reignite and repurpose those old assets and content that you might have. So uh, let's get into it and open up with our show intro. This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. Hey, everyone. I'm, I always love the, that music. I know. It just gets you going. <laughs> so and it's, it's been a while. We took July off and you true. were not on last week. So I actually haven't seen you in a little while. I know. So this is good. It kind of gives me, you know, uh, you know, makes the heart grow fonder when you're separate from it. Right. Um, we are so excited. This is actually one of uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about. And when Sarah brought it up as one of our topics, I was like, this is going to be so good. So we're actually talking about like this is really a big missed opportunity for a lot of brands, for a lot of companies uh, when it comes to their old assets. So. Sarah, can you share a little bit what you consider to be sort of that missed opportunity like that people may be missing out on when it comes to their content? Yeah, definitely. And just to preface that I was a chief marketing officer in my previous career. So I'm, I'm talking about this from a perspective of being in marketing, being really the person who essentially controlled the assets. And I often realized that we were spending so much time an effort and, and money certainly to develop and create a piece of content. But then sometimes it would just, you know, we'd use it one time and then we'd essentially put it on the shelf. And over time I realized, wow, there's some really great stuff on the shelf. We should probably be using that again and again. So that's really the genesis of this conversation is making something for one particular purpose, but then how can you tweak it ever so slightly to be used for many different purposes? Exactly. And you're coming from that perspective as that chief marketing officer. And I'm coming from the perspective as the creative and the professional who, and most times was hired to either create that one piece. And I promise you, sometimes we recorded and they already had some of those assets that they paid us to produce a lot of times. Right. So that's like another missed opportunity is that when you don't know what you have, you can actually like exhaust your resources unnecessarily when it comes to filling these needs. Yeah, sometimes you do forget what you have, which you hate to admit, but yeah, it kind of go, has gone stale for you, but it's really new to the people who are seeing it potentially for the first time. Yeah, and essentially too, this, I think this conversation is gonna be good because we're talking about what you can do even if you just have one piece of content, right? The What you can get out of that, um, I consider like, you know, juicing, like how much juice can I get out of this one effort that was made, right? So what are what do you think that some of the things like what should someone first do in this in this position if they're considering like you know they're right i should probably figure out uh how to organize my stuff right like what what do you feel like is the first step that they should take well i think it'd be really helpful for people to do essentially an audit and really have an inventory of what you have available to you because again I was guilty of sometimes forgetting what I even had or, you know, it again, it, it kind of went stale to me, but to, to, you know, there's so much information out there about like, if you post something on Instagram, this few people in your audience see it. Now, if you post it again or in a different format, even more people are going to see it. So just because it's old or it's something that you are no longer kind of excited about, right? We love what's shiny and new in marketing, but I think it's just really appropriate to do an audit and to really say, what do I have? What videos do I have? What photos do I have? Um, you know, what what do I need on my website? So really write down and go through that process to really know what you've got to work with. Absolutely. That's that's usually what I recommend as well is like go through and see what you actually have and then go from there. So once they see what they have and they're looking at these assets, uh, what what should their perspective be? How should they view this content that they're looking at? Yeah, well, I would go through it and really see what's outdated, right? Because before, again, mm -hmm. I was in a seasonal business. So truly, I mean, sometimes we would have a cell phone in a video and two, three years later, that cell phone looked dated 
or even fashion, right, can look dated. So I think it is worth being honest about, does that look old? You know, I mean, especially with COVID, right? We're, we're filming things with people with masks on, you know, maybe hopefully, mm -hmm. God willing, five years from now, we're going, wow, that must have been 2020, 2021. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's things like that, like if it's truly dated or the information is wrong. You know, you never want old links out there or bad website pages that you're sending people to. So once you do that audit, you know what you've got, you know, really eliminate the stuff that's just not relevant or it's outdated at this point. That's true. Another thing I would say too, is that if you're in the process of creating content, one thing that I steer my clients away from is dating their content. So putting specific dates, putting things in there, if it doesn't have to be, right? If we're talking about a specific event, right? Then it makes sense. But outside of that, generally you don't want to date any of your content by putting something in there that people would see like, oh, that's from like three years ago, right? You want to oh, make sure that those things are not out there. <laughs> yeah. And actually it's harder to do than you would imagine. And and so I, I too would go to great lengths to try to make sure we didn't say, you know, 2007 was the greatest time ever. Well, no, you know? Um, and so I think what's really important is that you're really planning ahead for that stuff because it is amazing how it can sneak in, right? There, there's a banner referencing something hanging behind mm -hmm. the person you're filming and you don't even notice it. So I think it's about making quality content and, and having someone like Perchelle to help you make sure you're really, you're not missing any of those little details that could slip in very easily and, and quickly date the material. Exactly, exactly. I see um, Jack is joining us. He says, afternoon, ladies. We say oh, afternoon, hi, sir. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jack. Um, You're such a great fan of our show. Yes, yes, thank you. And if you have questions for sure, Jack, let us know and uh, put them in the chat for us. So um, he says, to that point, Sarah, when a Facebook memory comes up and I repost it, the metrics are always different because my circle is always changing. Great like, point. Exactly. Exactly. You can repurpose stuff. You know, if something's been posted a while, like that's why I love memory sometimes because it does the thinking for me. I'm like, this is still relevant. So I'm <laughs> going to share this again, you know? Yeah. So, so I love that. So let's, let's dive into, right. We've talked about if you're at this point, you've, you can do an audit of the content to see what you currently have, then go through and see what's outdated. What can you use? What can you not use? And then really there's a slew of things that you can do with that content. So I'm excited to jump into that. There's 15 things that we're going to go over with you so that we can see how each of these pieces of content can be utilized to, you know, get your get your audience back engaged, to get them excited again, and hopefully, again, alleviate the amount of work that you have to do to create that content. Because if it's already created, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, it's already yeah. there. Yeah, we're all right about there. efficiencies and, and saving you time. We do not want you wasting time on, on content because for most people, content isn't their primary role, right? It might be part of your role. It might be something that's assigned to someone else in your team, but but content can really be a big time suck. It, it takes a lot of time to produce quality yeah. content. And I think that's what it's also about. This is about putting out professional work that is on brand, that looks amazing because your content is the most direct representation of yourself and your company that people are seeing and, and people are obviously very quick to judge. So it's not about, you know, getting as much out as fast as you can. It's about getting the quality stuff out there. And then like we're trying to talk about today, repurposing it to get a lot more bang for your buck. Absolutely. So you got that quality content, then the first piece of content that you can repurpose from that, um, is is a video that's like the first thing that you have down here sarah so talk a little bit about um about that particular piece of content yeah so if you're counting this is number one we'll try to help you help you keep yeah, track number of one all, is yeah. all 15 <laughs> ideas um and really when we're talking about the starting point it's it's any piece of content and then these are just 15 ways that you can use it so starting with video i think video is and obviously partial you agree I think video is one of the best pieces of content we can create businesses. It has so many legs, but also people are tired of reading. You know, we're, we're exhausted at the end of the day. I think quick, short, succinct video is just such a wonderful way to, to share a message. So video is my favorite thing to create, but also to consume. It's just, a, it's a great platform. So I know partial, I'm sure you've got thoughts on video. Oh, absolutely. I mean, video, it encompasses so many things, right? Because we, they say a picture is worth a thousand words and a video just amplifies that, you know, by a million. 
because you're able to engage even more emotionally with what the person is saying and engage with the, um, the content and really get the support that you need from that piece of content. And um, video as well is something that is easy to be evergreen. Um, as we talked about, if it's not outdated, then it will always work for you. And it's, um, it's really powerful. Really, really powerful medium, for sure. Um, video has been my world for a long time, and it's always, uh, it, it always, it always works. That's what I would say. And the return on investment, what you put in video, always comes back. Um, so, so that's that's really, really good as a piece of content that we can write. Even if you have written posts, you can take that and turn it into a video. I recently mm -hmm. did that with a client who had a bunch of blogs, and they essentially wanted to again repurpose it and video was the first thing that we did took a written blog about case studies and just kind of talked about it in a video form so that's a, a great a great great tip there for sure so that's number one is video yeah anything and else then, to add to that no i i'm i'm good to move on to point number two if you are okay point number so, two is i'll go for it Oh, well, I was going to say, when you have your video, you can then turn the video into number two, which is social yes. media posts. And then I'd actually like to give number three at the same time, because I can I think we can talk about them holistically. So number two is social media posts. Number three is social media video stories, lives, you know, whatever the, the platform is that you're on, whatever it calls that thing, reels, et cetera. Um, so there's really kind of two different ways to do social media. So that's two and three. Yeah, I love that. And in fact, a lot of the social media platforms, they typically will show your post to more people if you are doing what that platform wants you to do, right, is to keep people on the platform. And so video, by virtue of the fact that it is a, you know, maybe a minute or 30 seconds, right, the platform is going to promote your video over a social media post because it's keeping people on that platform longer. And a lot of times these new features that the platforms come out with also, you know, like if the, I think Reels, of course, is a big thing on Instagram, which is uh, video. So if you're doing reels on there, Instagram likes that and they're likely to promote that content even further because you're utilizing a feature that they like and they want people to, to be on. So that also is an added benefit is that social media and the platforms will push your content out further if it is in if it's in a in a format that um, that their platform works really well off of. That's a really, yeah. really good point because they definitely don't want you, one, leaving their platform, but two, getting, they don't really love when stuff's not formatted to them. And you're right, they're definitely favoring native content that is made for their platform specifically. And I think this is why we're having this conversation today, right? You you don't want to make one piece of content and just say automate it and put it everywhere. It's really to your benefit to be specific to this platform. I mean, I mean, I've definitely seen it, Parshall. It sounds like you have too. That mm -hmm. it, it is a little bit of extra work. So perhaps you're sharing that piece of content and then a week or two later sharing it on a different platform. But definitely, again, we're, we're trying to help you use one piece of content in multiple ways because you do. It's worth to take the time to make these extra specific tweaks for the platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, too, going into number four, and I think kind of number five fits in a little bit in that, too, as well. But number four is is being on a podcast or getting involved in podcasting. Um, talk a little bit about how you know, content can be repurposed, let's say, into a podcast. Yeah, so I do a lot of trainings, right? And so what I love to be able to do is take even a portion of my training and share it with other people's podcasts because it's a great marketing tool. It's a great way to spread my message to their audience and, and help their audience learn something. So I think if, if, you, if you do have some kind of an educational piece or something that you can share with people, Pitching that to a podcast is just a great a great opportunity. Now, certainly, if you have an hour long training, you're you're likely not going to have an opportunity to do all of that on a podcast. But I think it's cool to be able to take a small piece of it and really be able to have a conversation with someone. So, you know, podcast doesn't have to be a, a big intimidating thing. It's not like a big interview kind of an experience. Think about it as just having a conversation with someone, like Parshall and I are doing today, and. Use material that you know, you know, don't feel like you have to have this 
crazy new revolutionary thought to be on a podcast, you can take something that you're already very comfortable and familiar with talking about piece of content and pitching that to a podcast. I, I think you perform best or you talk about it in a most relaxed fashion when you're very familiar with that content. Absolutely. And that that works for if you are starting your own podcast or being being a guest on another podcast as well. You can still reutilize that the that content that you created. And the other thing too, you mentioned about podcasts that came to mind. Um, I've also seen podcasts that were, um, let's say it was only 10 episodes and literally they just took a training that was done and just broke it down into these many episodes. And mm -hmm. then I don't think they added much more to the podcast itself, but it was a standalone, almost like an audio training that was available for free on podcast, you know, on a, a podcast platform. So yeah. sometimes really too, cool. you can take that, get the audio. Well, and that really brings up a great point because, you know, everyone learns differently. So some people are going to respond to video. Some people are going to mm -hmm. respond to reading something. Others respond to listening. And it yeah. also is, you know, what do you have time for? Back when I was commuting more, I listen to podcasts all the time because I didn't have time to read as much as I had time to listen. So again, you can be reaching a completely different audience wow. on a blog versus a podcast just because logistically, that's what people are having time for or consuming. So your audience on your, your blog and your social media and your podcast could be completely different. So don't, don't, Absolutely. you know, forget that part. <laughs> That's true. That's got my wheels turning, in fact, on, on some podcast stuff on our end. So that, that's awesome. Number five. So let me let me recheck where we are. Number one is a video. Number two is a social media post. Three is using social media to do stories, to go live, right? Other ways to repurpose that content. Number four is taking that content, utilizing it into a podcast, whether you're a guest or you're starting your own podcast. And number five we're on now, which is pitching to media right? Using that, that content and repurposing it to pitch to media and other platforms. So talk a little bit about, um, about that, Sarah, and what, uh, in what ways you see that that's possible. Yeah. So for me, I think this is really similar to pitching a podcast. Take something that you are, you are an expert in, mm. you know, something about, because again, you don't want to be pitching to media and then they say, yes, we'd love an interview. And you're going, oh, ew, actually I need to research all that, or I don't really know about it. Right. Like <laughs> uh -huh. don't start exactly. over here. Take something you're very comfortable talking about inside and out, and that's a great topic to pitch to media. You also can, when pitching them, even share, you know, this is a this is a post I've done, or this is something that's related to another article you wrote or another interview you do. Here's a way I think I can add value mm -hmm. to that. So again, take what you've got, use that area of expertise, because a lot of times, uh, reporters and journalists are looking for experts. They're looking for commentary. They're looking for a quick quote. Make sure that they know you're the person in that particular industry that you want to be known for. So I think sometimes it might feel like scary or intimidating to pitch media, but it's a great opportunity. I mean, I've been able to be into so many different platforms because I, I reach out to media and I, and I pitch myself. Absolutely. And two, you know, again, people want to see how you talk or they want to see how you teach or they want to see and experience that. So repurposing the content in that way is huge. It's huge, huge, huge. Yep. People already get a feel for your presentation style before they before they bring you on. Yep. And that's actually, perfect. that's a really great point for social media, for podcasting. If you're someone who you know is a speaker or you want to get in front of different clients, it's really important that they like you and they connect with you. So I often think it's it's worth having people listen to something because they might say, oh, gosh, like they're not really for me. Or I've had people come up to me and say, I felt like you were speaking directly to me. Mm. You you have to be mm. my coach because I know you, you get me. And it's just as a, as a powerful platform because you have a voice. You can talk to someone even though. You know, you pre-recorded it and they're driving in their car, but they're hearing you. They're hearing the words. And so often the words you're you're using are the ones your audience needs to hear. Exactly. Exactly. Talk, talk their language, but let it be natural for you, too. Exactly. And yeah. And I love that because I found that going on to number six, which is email signature, that has actually been really great to use uh, on my end. So all of a lot of the emails that I send out, 
I usually am always linking to some piece of content, even if it's a video of us in action, right? And what we do. And I that's one of been one of my favorites is taking that content and putting it into the email signature. And there are platforms out there that can actually change out in your email signature for you, different promotions, which is really cool. So it'll automatically wow. update your email signature with, all right, it's the month of September and you already have maybe what the focus uh, piece of content that's out there and then automatically adds it to your email signature, which is pretty cool. I have to remember the name of that. It's not coming to me at the moment, but I've used it in the past and it was pretty cool. But the point being like using your email signature is really, really great too, especially what you mentioned about that no like and trust factor and people getting to know you even more um, and seeing something interesting in your email. I mean, we're sending emails all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's make email a little more fun too. But the, the other really great thing about email is that it's it tends to be like a billboard, right? That you drive by every day. Like you sort of stop seeing it after a while. And I think that's what happens with our email signatures. We, we don't even mm. notice our own email signatures anymore. But when you change it, boy, that can spark something in someone. And again, maybe you've been emailing them, you know, a, a few weeks or something, and then all of a sudden they see a new email signature, and it's just like that ad, that billboard changing on the highway. You notice it, and I think emails often overlooked because it's not this, you know, big sexy advertising idea. It's something so simple and basic. But also, if people are emailing you they probably already know you or they want to work with you. Like they're likely farther along in the sales process than, you know, someone who would be seeing a billboard on a highway, essentially. Like they're already inside your inbox, which is obviously a much more intimate relationship than some of these right. other advertising areas. So I think email signatures overlooked all the time and it's just a big missed opportunity. I think so too. I That's something I want to investigate a little bit more even is how to continue to improve that. And like you said, make email fun again, right? To <laughs> yeah. where almost people are compelled to click on your signature because maybe it's different or you have something that really is helpful and insightful. Yeah. I also so think you can use it. Yeah. You can also use it just to kind of guide people as to how to work with you. So I say my name, I say what it is that I do clearly. And then I also say, this is how you can work with me. One, two, three. And I think it's just uh, for people mm -hmm. that aren't, maybe you're too far along in the relationship for someone to say, Hey, how, what do you do again? How do I work with you? <laughs> like we've, <laughs> we've already gone down a path and they're like a shy to ask at that point. Um, it's just a really clear way to restate in, 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 in short text graphic or simple terms. This is what I do. This is how you can work with me. I love it. I just pulled yours up because I got an email from you and there's your name, your title, um, and then you have like really helpful links where the people can connect with you. And then you have a piece of content, 20 simple ways to prevent burnout right in there. I mean, that's like a perfect example there. And again, repurpose that content and you can switch it out and add those yeah. into your emails. Perfect. All right. Moving on to number seven is a blog post. And this yeah, is really so, powerful for SEO keywords, right? And people who are searching and reading. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes we feel like blog posts are dated or who's blogging anymore, but blogs are still relevant. They are still a way that people find your website. There are still, like you just said, it's great for SEO. There's different links that can be involved in there. So it's a piece of content that can really, if someone sees something on social media, uh, 20 ways to prevent burnout, right? That is now a blog post that I have, and you can go read about that in a longer form piece of content. It's a way to, again, kind of take that audience on a journey with you and just explain further what that what that content is that you're talking about. So I love blogs. I know they've been around a long time. They're not, you know, the sexiest new tool that we have out there in marketing, but they are just a, like a tried and true. No, I think we might have lost um, Sarah for a second. Are oh, you there? Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just saying that blogs are just a great way to um, get that content out to people in a, in a tried and true format, and Google loves that. Absolutely. And if you're not one who likes to write a lot, the beauty of having, let's say, your content in other forms is that you can transcribe. Let's say you have a video, you have an audio, you can transcribe that, and that can become the basis of maybe how your blog post, blog post starts to formulate. 
And also too, your blog post gets more weight if you uh, add multimedia to the post too. I mean, to the blog post. Because um, essentially Google is checking the strength of your website in terms of ranking it. It's also checking for how long people stay on your site. So if you have a blog post, you have a video, things like that, these are the things that Google tracks and says, all right, this is a decent website. You know, we're going to rank it a little bit higher because people are spending more time on it. And so that's another factor, I think, also when it comes to blog posts in that way. Yeah. Perfect. And a blog, a blog could even be a great place to start if you're like, well, what piece of content should I even make? You know, like you're giving me 15 ways, but what do I even start with? A blog could be it, right? Because from the blog, you write the blog, well, then you can make the video. Then you can pull out snippets and add them to different posts. You can do content that references back to it. So that's a really good starting point. If like if you're doing one thing, start with the blog mm -hmm. and then you can repurpose so many ways from there. Yeah, I've actually um, gone about it from the video perspective too. If the video is at the top mm -hmm. of this of this totally. funnel, then you've got the video. You can easily transcribe it. Now you have text. You have photos from it, so you can do social media posts, right? There's so much that you can do um, from the video as well in the same way. But just start somewhere, and then you'll see the opportunities that are there for other pieces of content that can be created from it. Absolutely. All right. Number eight is a freebie on your website using that content to drive leads, right? This kind of gets into number nine as well. Um, but having a freebie on your website is really, really awesome. Like I consider it putting a gate up or just having it to be available for anybody that um, would like to download it. So talk a little bit about that and how you've utilized, or if you have utilized that uh, on your site. Yeah, and it's really the difference between number eight and number nine. So number eight is that mm -hmm. freebie, right? As Parshal talked about the gate. And when we say gate, we mean, you know, give me your email address and I'll and I'll send you this thing. I think there's wonderful, you know, ways that you can give content away for, for free and others that is really worth more, right? It is worth you giving me your email because I know an email is a, is a sacred thing and you don't want to give it to just <laughs> anybody, but like if I'm gating content, it's because it is good, right? Like this is something I give to my paying clients. And if you want that, like it's only fair you give me your email because this content is so good. Alternatively, like my blogs are, are freebie content. They're, they're, they're mm -hmm. there. It's, it's also great content, but I want to serve that content up to as many people as want it, whether you give me your email or not. It's just it's just free for everybody. Mm. Um, so that's really the difference between uh, eight being free on the website and nine really being more of a lead gen tool. So that could be, you know, a worksheet or a template. That's something that you might usually reserve for paying clients, but you're willing to, to give it here in exchange for something from from the audience. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the maybe out of your freebies, one is really, really good and people are getting it so you can easily put a gate in front of it and ask for someone's email in exchange for it. You mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of possibilities with your content, especially taking the ones that really do drive your business forward. You know, people really, really enjoy it and it can become a lead generation tool for you. Yeah. That's and I'm awesome. never really shy to give content away for free mm -hmm. because I think it really is a, it is another way for you to get to know me. It's a way for you to see that what I have is, is valuable and it works. So I, I can't give everything away, but I, I give sneak peeks really into the world and, and what's available to you if you do work with me. So it's just a, it's just a cool way again, to just like go on a first date, see if you like me. That's <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Now, the next one gets into an email newsletter, number 10, which is actually pretty neat. We actually are in the process now of revamping a newsletter that's based on 10 pieces of content I already created. So this is actually kind of fresh for us. So this content was put up on, these were videos that were put onto our LinkedIn. And so of those 10, they're still valuable. We're still getting you know good feedback from it. So we're going to take those videos and repurpose them into a sequence of emails that um, can go out over the course of three to six months. And so email newsletter is a great way also to repurpose some of that content, especially if you've you know, possibly made it in a way that's sequential or it's connected to you know, something uh, as a topic that's really important in your business and for your clients. Yeah, absolutely. I give you a 
great example of it. Last October, I did one video for every day of October. I did a productivity tip every single day. Well, that content is is great. It's made. I do an audit. I think, okay, I've got this content. Now, this mm -hmm. October, what am I going to do with it? And we're going to repurpose it and turn it into something that is an email like a like a mini email course and get that out for people so if you want that dripped into your inbox every single day truthfully inside secret it's going to be the same content but i'm giving it to people in a different way because maybe you don't want to mm -hmm. sit through my instagram and look through all these old videos you'd rather consume it in a more micro uh fashion and get it dripped into your email every day so again that's just a, a good example of, of repurposing something via email that's perfect. And also challenges work really well for that too. Like if your content, um, again, is sequential and, and it can be made into that format, challenges are really good too. Like 30 days of inspiration or, you know, a week of whatever, you know, challenges, exercises, things that get people motivated and in the door. It's a really, really great way to use email newsletters in that way too. Yeah. All so right. what, we're, what we've really talked about there is like a drip sequence, you know, kind of an uh -huh. automated thing. The other thing I do is every Friday I give out quick wins. So it is, it, we, we all get too many email already. We all have too many email newsletters that we subscribe to. So what I try to do is just give you like a literally, if you go in for one minute and just read this quick hit for the week, it's going to give you that dose of productivity. And it is amazing to me really high open rate, really high click through rate, because I'm not wasting people's time, right? They've opted in, they want this piece of information, and I'm giving it to them fast, consistently mm -hmm. on Friday morning. And so I think that that's been a really cool way to engage with people. Um, so that's more of the, again, kind of an old fashioned tactic, this newsletter. But if you're giving content that's valuable to people, it still is a valuable way to way to reach people. So I've really, 100%. I've really seen that, but I'm not, I'm not wasting your time. This isn't like scroll, 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 it takes you, you know, 10 minutes to read. No, it's quick and it's fast. I love that. And, you know, too, I've, I've heard of this term as well, going into, um, you know, in, into the future when it comes to marketing and ways that we communicate that um, the methods and the formats that are high tech and high touch really have a much better uh, receptivity and effectiveness and results from that. So where high tech is like, you know, they got the automation, it's coming through clearly, it's showing up on time, right? It seems like a very, you know, decent technical experience. It doesn't feel outdated, but yeah. then also through the messaging and how you create the content and things that you say, and it feel high touch, like it feels personal still. And that's like a really sweet spot that I like to be in to where we're still utilizing, whoops, utilizing technology, but, um, but also it doesn't feel disconnected on a personal level. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. I, I think getting impersonal is just never the way to go. I don't care how big of an organization you have, like you're in business for people, people work with people. So that personal touch mm -hmm. is, is so important. Even if it is, oh, I, I, I pre-scheduled that it still should reflect you, your brand and what you're trying to accomplish personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. From a personal, from a personal standpoint, um, and this gets into number 11, which is you can message people directly with your content. And I've done that as well, especially in a one-on-one -on -one conversation or um, maybe in a group or in a networking event where somebody brought up a question and you already have content that answers that question, then that's a one-to-one, -one, like, here's the direct link, right? Here's where you can check out more about that. Um, what are some ways that you've um, also utilized content in the past to bring people in? Yeah. So there's, there's that way you just said of really responding, you know, someone says, Oh, I'm having a problem with this. And I'm like, actually, I have a post about that. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it over to you. Like I can text it to you right now. So that's, that's a really easy way to, again, you know, if someone has a problem and you can solve it, like help them as soon as possible, share that content with them. The other way I see it happening is really a little more proactive in that, you know, just telling people what you're up to, or maybe you remember, you know, a couple months ago, someone had a problem and then you created a piece of content around it. Now you can send it to them and say, hey, Parshall, like a couple months ago, you told me this and now I've got this content that could help you with that. Like, or maybe even you inspired me to make this piece of content. Like tell that to people. I I've had that happen so many times. Oh, yeah. Clients said, oh gosh, you know, here's the thing I'm dealing with. And I'm like, oh, 
I have, a, I have a solution for that. Let me make a piece of content because that's going to help you, but also probably a bunch of other people as well. And then I, I you know, I, I share that with people in my audience. So, you know, this can be friends and family. If you're just starting out, it can be people that you are networking with, or it can be, you know, people that you think, well, gosh, I haven't talked to them in a, in a while, maybe even years. This could be something that I could share with them. Hey, I just, I made this and I thought you might like it. It's kind Absolutely. of a conversation starter as well. I think so too. And just, and, and being able to be res responsive and show that you are a resource. Like that's huge. That's what ends up getting communicated there is that you are a go-to person for any questions that they might have. So I always advise like to pay attention to the questions that people are asking, you know, just even if it seems like it's not relevant to you, still be listening because maybe you don't have the content, but maybe a partner of yours or somebody else has posted something recently, you can share theirs, you know, always be a resource is, um, is always a, a great thing. And then number 12 is that you can text it, right? You can take a piece of content, also text it. So we mentioned that again, just being resourceful, you can, you know, say, Hey, you know what, I just, I developed a blog about that the other day, or you inspired this. And I thought to send it to you, you can text it to them. Like that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. And that can be again, personal enough. Like you've, you've got their phone number or if it's people that you don't know, there's a lot of new technologies out there with, you know, text messages. So certain mm -hmm. businesses that you can opt into, they'll, they'll text you. And so I think if, if you're, you know, someone with a budget for that, or if that's something that's important to your organization, responsiveness, you know, something that maybe is more on a schedule, a tight schedule, I think text marketing can be very, very powerful because again, people are looking at their phones. It's so easy to delete emails, but you're probably going to see if somebody texts you. So I think oh, it's yeah. a, it's a newer technology, but it's a great one to, to still consider. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's huge. Um, cause I know that for on our end as well, using text has been really powerful. Even like if someone schedules a call with you and, uh, like on through Calendly, it can also have text messages. So some of these platforms have that integrated as well. So um, text is really, really great. You always get, I think it's like a hundred percent open rate. Yeah, <laughs> text messages. yeah. Like you can't beat it. <laughs> and honestly, you know, you never want to be annoying. You never want to send stuff to right, people. We haven't right. opted in. So we should, we should state that certainly I hate that kind of stuff, but it's also convenient, right? If I get a text from you that we're meeting tomorrow, it's, it's just a great reminder, right? So it's also a convenience for the person that you're that you're going to be meeting with or working with. So text can be a great a great tool if if, if used appropriately. Absolutely. Number thirteen is creating like a mini course or training from that old content. Well, I shouldn't say old. It's still it's still usable, you guys. Like <laughs> that's what we're talking about. It's not old. Uh, it is not been used as much, right? It's yeah. still more life in it. So previously um, created. <laughs> there you go. Previously created content. So you can actually like we we talked about a little bit in the podcast note, right? In terms of developing a training or something that people can listen to. But um, you can also create a course or a training or something that would be useful from some of that old content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think these these final three points we have here kind of go together. So maybe Parshall, we should just yeah. say what they are because I think we yeah, can talk so about them all it. together. Yeah. So you can develop a mini course or training. That's number 13. Number 14 is a webinar. And number 15 is adding that, adding those, those, those uh, resources to a course that you maybe already have. Right. So you're right. All that kind of falls under that same umbrella of taking that content and teaching with it and allowing people to go through that experience. So yeah, what um, I know that we're, uh, doing some coursework right now, which is really exciting. So but yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Like how could someone utilize and take that one piece of content even, or of course, in this case, multiple pieces of content and piece it together into a training or a course or a webinar. Yeah. So, and Parshal, you're really the expert here. So <laughs> why don't you take the lead and explain what these things are for people? Um, Cause they all are just a slightly different nuance, like a variation on the theme. But I think, I think you should take the lead on this one. This is really Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely take this content and repurpose it into a course or some other training. And right now education is huge. And a lot of companies are realizing that their clients, their customers have to be educated sometimes um, 
before they come through an, a full service or before they use a product or anything. This is something that is rising and the e-learning industry itself is like growing, um, uh, tripling. I think it, it was estimated to be at a almost 200 billion and now it's like projected to be at like 325 billion in 2025. And 97% of businesses are creating or considering creating courses within their business, 97%, just because of how effective and useful this form of learning and being engaged with the brand is. And so if you do have content that you're sitting on and you actually have been presenting in that content or you taught in that content, um, it is a great place to consider and see, wow, is this enough that it's still relevant to be put into a course? And even if it's a free course or something or a mini course, it can still be helpful right from getting a person from point A to point B. And maybe that point B is them being ready to work with you. Maybe that point B is them getting to the next stage that they need to in their business, whatever it might be. You're getting them from where they are to, to where they want to go. And you don't want to discount that content that you've already created. Like it's taking stuff that you've already taught and 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 you know presented other people like you can still use that and just form just format in a different way and you could put a price tag on it too if it was you know if you wanted to i mean that's if it's still useful if it's still something that um, creates a return um, for them based on that knowledge and that understanding so there's a yeah. lot of things that you can do when it comes to that and point number 15 being you can add it to a course like if you already have a course, that's great. You know, you can add a bonus section. You can add uh, other things to your course that then bump up the value of it without you having to recreate all of that. So those are some really huge advantages, I think, to having that old content and then utilizing it in a more of an education focus that grows your business. Yeah. And it's really worth noting here that this is really considering when you're creating content, where are people in your pipeline or, or your sales funnel or your marketing funnel? Because maybe they just want the mini course, like that's all they have time to consume right now. They're just getting to know you. Like think about this like dating, you know, it in marketing, mm -hmm. we always used to talk about like, don't ask for that too much on the first date, you know, <laughs> like we got to go on a few dates, <laughs> like yeah. let's go out for drinks and then maybe you can buy me dinner on the second date. And it's just an interesting way to think about it because in marketing so often we are guilty of like, here's my course, ah, like shouting it from the rooftop. And it's like, whoa, 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 you didn't even buy me dinner yet. Like, I, like <laughs> let's go on a couple of dates before I'm ready to invest a few hundred or a few thousand dollars in your course. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where having like a mini course, having a webinar, Parshall, I know you do a lot of webinars. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a really good way to, again, you want to make sure that people know you and like you and want to work with you because that's ultimately, ultimately going to help them be successful in the course. And when they do start paying for things and, and working with you, it's just helpful that they've really understood what they're buying and if they've consumed some of this other content from you it's like they know what they're getting into and i think that's just really important it's like there's no surprises i we've done a mini course we've done a webinar here's the course and i think when you know what kind of a teacher you know i am or, or you are it just helps us both succeed like we know what we're doing before we sign up for a big course or sign up to work together exactly exactly you know what's going to be you know what's coming there's no surprises yeah <laughs> it's all... If yeah. you don't like my teaching style, then okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, we'll leave it at the webinar. But if you loved my mini course and my webinar, then it's good chance you're going to love my course. And so I think it's just about, it's kind of about helping you find your right audience and helping them find you. And th these are some great ways to do it. Exactly, exactly. I don't know why this image popped in my head, but I just saw the, at the Chinese restaurant in the mall, the people who had the platter out with the samples. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how many times you know just like you get to know you're like okay i get a taste of this right i get to experience this on whatever level and then people will want more of the experience if it is a fit for them and i think mm -hmm. sometimes it's, it's just that perfect way of you know allowing people in right to just see what's going on and so they can have their experience and to determine if there is a fit if they really do feel like they learn from you and they can continue on yeah yeah. Huge, and huge. I think, again, everybody learns differently. So I might only have the attention span for a, a 10 minute mini course here, or I've got the attention span to sit through a, a 45 minute webinar with you. That is a different type of person. And so, yes. again, it's, it's just about 
people learn in all different ways. There's all different brain types and there's so much business to go around, but having these different pieces of content can really help you, you know, find the right people who consume content the way that, that you're making it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So that's all 15. There's a lot of different ways. We gave you guys a lot of different options here that literally, if you're just looking at one piece of old content that you're wondering, you know, how can this be utilized again? Or how can I give this more life? There's got to be more juice that can come from this. There definitely is. And we just gave you 15 different ways that you can explore that. Um, yeah. So, so is there anything and now, else? Now more than ever, I would say like, maybe before it, it would cost a lot of money to remake something or, or like you you don't know how to edit or have a software on your computer or like you don't know how to make a graphic. There are more tools available to us than ever before. So I would still always encourage you to work with professionals, right? Like you want quality stuff, you hire Parshall, you hire Tim, like people that can make quality content for you is huge but have a conversation with them about, you know, can I have the clips or like, can I, can I pay you extra to have access yes. to this stuff? Or like when we're making the video, can you also splice up a couple small clips for, for mm -hmm. social media? So like have mm -hmm. that conversation with whoever your vendor is, because I don't think wonderful vendors who make quality content can ever be replaced by some of the do it yourself stuff. But certainly you can work with your vendor to figure out like, would it be okay with you if I use some of this in a different way? Or like, can I, can I pay you to, to figure out how to make some of this stuff like right up front? Can this just be part of the package that we're, that we're working on? And then certainly from there, like if you need to add a bumper to a video or something like there's a lot of cool technology now that's available to you. So like get the core quality work done with a professional. There's, no replacing that but then know that you've got some tools at your disposal to take that quality content and you know tweak it a little bit here and here and there yeah absolutely i love that you made that point about working with a professional ahead of time because even if you are um a do-it-yourselfer i still think that there's a lot of value in doing the planning and some strategy with a professional beforehand because um, one note that i made down here just to advise everyone as well is to kind of be ahead of this curve if possible. So when you're actually going to create your content from the start, you already are thinking about how this can be repurposed from the start. So that we have a plan with it, you can execute it instead of on the back end, which is you know the case for a lot of people, you have to go through the old stuff that you have, but also just kind of incorporate it into your processes to um, have a plan, have a, have a strategy as to you know why you're making this content, who's gonna see it and the other ways that it can be repurposed because I guarantee you, it can go in more than one place. We just gave you 15 and there's probably more. So um, definitely keep that in mind because there's a lot of potential out there um, to reach more people and to find people where they are and to give them a quality experience with you. Yeah, and and I see this work, you know, this conversation kind of around video, around photography, around graphic mm -hmm. design, you know, like, my husband went to, with me to an event last week and I asked him ahead of time, I said, Tim, should he film it this way or let, you know, landscape portrait, how, you know, how should he be filming this stuff? And he was like, you know, if you make it landscape, then I could almost do anything with it because I can always zoom in. So I think that's a, that's a great example of like, think about when you're making content, yes. making it for as many purposes as possible, then we can always edit, we can always reduce, we can always resize, but like, if you've cut in too close, you know, we can't add the background later, but we can always cut out the background to, to zoom in. So I think there's just, again, definitely have that conversation with the professional that you're working yes. with because also, Herschel, like you might have an idea that I never even thought of. Like you could say, well, I had another client who did this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never even thought of that. So the professionals that you work with to get this kind of core content created, they've got so many great ideas. So really, you know, use that time with them to, to pick their brain and see how they can best support you. Absolutely. And it's okay. Definitely ask for that raw footage. You know, I've, that always will help you just to go back. You can, you know, do whatever you want at a later time as well. But this is really powerful. Um, a lot of options that we have when it comes to our content, that's for sure. So this has been so good. We went through 15 ways that you can reignite and use some of those old assets, videos, blog posts, audio. There's so much more you can do with it. Um, and so I guess as we're wrapping up, should we talk about what we're into? Since I guess we have like a minute or two. Sure. 
So I guess along these lines, I'm really into Canva because it has so many tools for me. And, and so for people that don't know, it's a sort of like a, gra a do-it-yourself graphic design. And now they've added video uh, software. So you can put in a, a graphic, you can get a template, you can get all, all kinds of things. So I've been using Canva for years and years. I was actually there the day they launched it. I was in the conference and they announced the launch of Canva. And I think back to what it was then to now, and it's like spectacular what they've done wow. with it. But it's, it's a reasonably priced um, option for people to take, again, I, I still think you need professional photo, professional video, but then once you've got it, you can use a tool like Canva to really help you just jazz it up a little bit and make it more interesting and, and add some graphics. So I'm really into Canva. Absolutely. So Canva is huge. It's one of my favorite things. I think I use Canva about every day, <laughs> just about in some way, shape or form, opening it up. Um, one thing I'll say I'm into kind of on this same vein of content is the script. I think I mentioned it before. I think, well, actually we were off that month when I brought it up to you guys internally, but Descript is an amazing platform that allows you to, this is crazy. I know I'm going to say, but you can edit video by editing the text. So in other words, you can transcribe a video and be looking at what looks like a word document of that transcribed video. And literally if at the end I said, you know, maybe I cut or something like that. I can literally highlight that text, hit backspace, delete it. And it also deleted it from the video. It is insane. It also removes all of your filler words and stuff like that automatically. It'll, it'll detect your filler words and literally take out all of your ums and ahs. You know what I mean? Like your, your nose and all that stuff and we'll literally cut it out for you. And so I've been using that platform um, recently just to do my own um, edits. It can also add captions to your videos. It's it's insane, you guys. So I would definitely recommend checking out Descript, um, especially if you're like, I'm not a video editor. Well, if you can edit text, then apparently you can now also edit video. So that is crazy. It makes me a little nervous though. Delete. <laughs> you can bring it back. <laughs> you can always bring it back. Yeah, yeah. You can always bring it back. But no, that that's true. You don't want to delete something important. Yeah. But uh <laughs> But yeah, so Descript and Canva, you guys check it out. That's what we're into this week. It's been super helpful to us, especially around this topic of content creation and just making it simple and easier for us who have busy lives and we have a lot of stuff to do. It makes it easy to do that. So uh, Sarah, thanks for this conversation. This has really got me jazzed and thinking about, you know, going through some of my old uh, assets as well and just seeing it again, if anything can be repurposed again, you know, if it's still relevant. So I encourage you guys to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, maybe even and, annually, uh, like put a date on your calendar annually to just go back and see what content you can still be using. Good practice exactly. to be in. Exactly. So thank you guys again for joining us. This is the Heroic Council. Um, Sarah and Parshel here today, Jeff and Tim are off, but this has been such a good conversation. The ladies held it down and we are going to, uh, yeah, jump off at this point and invite you guys too to rate and review the podcast. We are on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. Just type in Superhero Institute and you'll find the Heroic Council. And uh, we appreciate your support and continue to share and be a part of this conversation that we have. So that does it for this episode. See you guys next Thanks. time.